Greetings, fruits, and welcome to episode 8 of We Are All Fruit, a League of Their Own podcast. See you next season. I wouldn't miss it for the world. I'm Cat. I'm Sad Cat. I am Sad Crystal. And I'm Sad Susanna. And today <laughs> we're discussing episode 8, Perfect Game, written by Abby Jacobson and Will Graham and directed by Anya Adams. This is it, the finale. As of (laughs) this recording, they have not announced season two yet, so we're... Yeah, we were hopeful. I kept hoping that something would happen. Will keeps coming on Twitter and spreading seeds of hope to people when there's... (laughs) When there's a desperate lesbian begging Prime Video to renew a lotto, <laughs> Will come, swoops in with like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> so we're not sure where this is headed, but this may be a two-parter. And if so, you're going to get a second part. If not, mm-hmm. you're not going to see a second part. So <laughs> see how much we cry about the final episode here. Yeah. Susanna and I were just talking briefly right before we recorded and I said, it's amazing to me that one of our longest episodes was the previous episode, which just proves mm-hmm. our point that we talk more about how much we hate things than how much we love things. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that the previous episode was hated. It was just, no, but it was we sad. were griping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It is important to hate the same things in all relationships. Friendships, <laughs> love, find someone mm-hmm. who will hate the same shit as you. True. You don't have to like the same things, but Correct. you definitely have to hate the same things. <laughs> Tune into our new podcast, Haters. <laughs> <laughs> or just relationship advice. <laughs> uh, we start this episode, our final episode. And Susanna said that this is, we are literally inside Carson's head. And that is so smart and bright. Really, we are in Carson's head. She's just going over everything. She's mm-hmm. hearing the baseball announcer talk about the Peaches losing. So she's stuck on that. I mean, she's certainly stuck on Shirley saying that she knows about her. Mm-hmm. There's one part where she sort of hears Greta saying, we can't be Carson. You know that. And Charlie's comparison of Carson to her mom mm-hmm. who left her dad family. This is what happens to Max. Uh, or was happening to Max all the time. Right, right. This is a full flip. We had seven episodes of Max. We are going to talk about this later on, of Max trying to find herself Mm -hmm. and being uncertain. And now we have Carson Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to figure out who she is now that she has Charlie back in her life. Uh, so Beverly snaps Carson out of it, and it's just like, okay, we need some, we need some morale, coach. And Carson is just like, uh. <laughs> here comes Charlie, and he, I don't know what he's saying. It's dark in that room, and he's like, your eyes are doing the cloudy thing. <laughs> Wait, what room? Head? They're outside. They're outside, right? Yeah, they're outside the bus. Oh, right. I was thinking of the other time where he's trying to mm-hmm. give her kind of a morale, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so they're outside, so he could see her cloudy eyes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's saying that she's she's spacing out. He realizes that there's something wrong with her right now. Mm-hmm. 
And she's trying to explain to him, like, this is important to her. They've lost the first two games. And if they lose another, they're out. And he's not really grasping the gravity of it all. He's just like, you know, whatever happens, you'll be able to tell our kids about it, which who cares, man? (laughs) Right, right. The worst thing he could possibly say. Yeah. Again, with the the fucking kids. (laughs) And he says, like, you've already won, technically, because you made it this far. It's like, that's not where these people are at. They want to win-win. And do you know how sports work, Charlie? (laughs) (laughs) And it's a cliche, right? It's just such a stupid thing to say. I get it sometimes it works to, like, motivate people, but I teach my students always to delete all the cliches and, you know, common phrases because they don't mean anything. That's exactly what he's doing. He has no input. He has no actual advice. He's just, like, Mm -hmm. spewing the shit he's been hearing, too, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's no coach, Charlie. No. And if he was talking to a team of men, it would be completely different. He'd be like, you guys got this. You guys can win. Like, he's treating it because Mm -hmm. this is quote-unquote girls baseball that it's not as important and it's not as serious and it's not as meaningful them winning is not as meaningful so Mm -hmm. it's certainly not to him like them winning Mm -hmm. he just wants his his wife back right and also with you know the peaches were winning so many games and carson says they lost two games so i guess what we could gather from it is that charlie is bad luck true We can also gather (laughs) we can also gather from this that this whole time Shirley and Carson have not been speaking. Right. Because I was thinking like later on in their confrontation, hilarious confrontation, um in the in the bedroom. Locker? Oh, okay. Well, there's the locker room and then the bedroom. This just means that they've gone for presumably, you know, at least what, four days or something with like mm-hmm. not discussing the letter, which is interesting. Right. So many letters in this. The letter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even Clance writing letters to Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So inside the Peach's home, Carson gathers everybody upon Beverly's request and tries to give the briefest speech possible and sort of <laughs> scatter away. <laughs> Lupe and Jess are not pleased. They're asking, well, are we going to change anything? Anna says they need Joe and her arm. The, the rest of the peaches agree. Carson's just losing them. Shirley's rolling her eyes. And then Carson attempts to tell them what Charlie told her to say. How huge it is <laughs> that they're even in the championships. And you can see um, the positioning of Greta and Charlie on opposite ends of that shot with their arms folded clearly mm-hmm. the like the good angel at the devil <laughs> oh my goodness it's so funny <laughs> and Greta is just like looking at her and looking at him and realizing that, that Carson is just channel- channeling her inner Charlie and nobody wants to hear it yeah mm-hmm. meanwhile and he's got a little smile on his face uh-huh. like, good job wifey <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm a good husband. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just as useless as Dove was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Charlie tells Carson he's proud of her, and then Greta approaches, which, how brave and cool of her, mm-hmm. asks to talk to Carson. 
And she confronts her in the kitchen. She's like, where the hell are you? You came to the train station. You told me that you needed me to win. And now you're acting like you've already accepted the fact that we've lost. And here in the notes, they say, God, I want Greta to be mad at me. <laughs> God, you love pain. Mm-hmm. Carson tries to say that she hasn't accepted it and asks Greta, like, what should we be doing? And Greta dismisses Charlie's stupid pearls of wisdom and then asks if he's going to join them in the locker room next time. <laughs> Carson tries to defend her husband, but Greta says, like, where's the real fucking Shaw, right? And then yeah. Carson tries to make it about their relationship. And Greta, I think, correctly corrects her. Yeah. Correctly mm -hmm. corrects I loved her. this. What a turn of phrase. She's mm -hmm. like, no, this is not about us. I didn't give up California or Joe. I didn't go through all that just to give up without a fight. And then she tells mm -hmm. her to find a way to show up. I loved it. It was so fiery. Uh -huh. It was. And you know it's about the game. Like, as much as we love the romance, she I'm sure she's mad at Carson for all the other things too, right? But but mm -hmm. here she's just like, no, get with the program. You got me from the train station. Come on, let's go. Yeah, she's being the bigger person here. Like, if I was Greta, I would just be a little sad sap and never talk to her again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would be crying in the corner, <laughs> cuddling yeah. my baseball mitt. But she puts her <laughs> personal feelings aside and she wants to win just like everyone else on this team. And she gives Carson some tough love, which she needed to hear. I love the piggyback bravery. It's like Greta is being brave in stating her her mind and that in turn gives Carson mm -hmm. this the shot of bravery to talk to Charlie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I love that too Carson looks up to Greta like in every situation, every conversation, mm -hmm. right? Literally. She listens. <laughs> <Also> literally. <laughs> she may need some help with her chin being pointed up a little bit. But overall she's doing great and looking up. Um, <laughs> so even if it's a confrontational kind of a thing that Greta says, she still listens. So when she goes up to her room, which again, did, okay, none of this matters, but I'm for some reason obsessed with like tra tracing the relationship with Shirley. So because Charlie had come with them to South Bend for the other two games, presumably mm. they stayed in the same room and Shirley went somewhere else. I guess so. But then Maybe she comes... Yeah, Shirley's she, in a room by herself. <laughs> just eating canned food. Um, <laughs> she comes up and he's like, this is kind of nice. You know, I could, I could stay here in this room. Whatever. None of this matters. This is why this episode is going to be 48 hours long. Um, <laughs> but Carson reminds him, you know, remember we decided to be more honest with each other. And then the thing that I, I needed to do is leave. Which is really funny because back to my story from episode seven when I when my evangelical boyfriend came to visit and I actually had to tell him like I'm not feeling it so we need to like chill. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> the way I'm gonna be happiest in my relationship with you is to not have a relationship with you. <laughs> oh, that's the way to break up with someone. <laughs> I didn't break up. We eventually sort of like got back together, but whatever. Ew. I know. I am sorry God. to disappoint everybody. It didn't last long. He then broke up with me because I didn't believe in biblical inerrancy. It's a whole oh. thing. 
Yeah. I don't know what that is, so I don't believe in it either. <laughs> well, yeah, you wouldn't. But it's this belief among conservative evangelicals that everything in the Bible is like literally true and divinely oh my God. inspired. Psycho. As opposed to like, here are some stories that some people wrote down that might have a spiritual interpretation. So we broke up over theology. This is how nerdy well, that's I was. a relief for you, probably. And also, well, yeah. you know what is true? Ice cubes. I was going to say, <laughs> believe in ice cubes instead. You're better Zoology, off. <laughs> astrology. <laughs> I don't believe in luck or biblical inerrancy. All right. Charlie is asking oh Carson God. what he did We're wrong. We're still here. <laughs> We're still here. <laughs> Carson is just like, you're not doing anything wrong. That line cracked me up. You're just there. <laughs> Which is <laughs> what a quality to possess. Just being there turns your wife off. It's great. <laughs> So he agrees to go to the hotel, but that's not enough. She needs him to go to Idaho. Leave <laughs> the state. She should have taken him to the train station. Uh, Just herself. drop him off with his bags. <laughs> right. I get this in a weird way. Like uh, me and Kat have had this conversation. We share an office and I cannot draw if someone's in the room with me. Like I need... Oh. I need to be alone or else I can't do it. And it's, again, like nothing Kat was doing wrong. She wasn't even facing me. Yeah. I just, her being there, like I couldn't get in my headspace. <laughs> well, okay, let's go back for a second. What were you drawing before? Uh, well, uh, I don't want to talk about this. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, moving on. <laughs> Um, then Carson tries to bribe him to leave. <laughs> she gives him all the earnings from the league. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even consider that, that she's literally just like throwing money at him. Now, please yeah. just go. Yeah. go to the There's some cash. <laughs> she wasn't able to open a bank account with, without him. We've discussed this ad nauseum that women were not allowed to do anything without their husbands until the year a cat was born. Um, yeah. <laughs> And then he stupidly says, oh, I guess you don't need me for anything. It's like, she just said she needed you to open a bank account, you tit. <laughs> <laughs> he is such Make a dinkier. useful. Yeah, eventually he agrees and she promises that she'll see him in one week after she wins the championship. And then I just wanted to point out, um, they show the intro patches uh, right after this scene, and they show just three this episode, and it's the peaches colored patch, a blue socks colored patch, and then like a championship star patch. And I just love how much care and detail is put into even the intro of this Really show. thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's awesome. I'm sure everybody noticed the, you know, the... Uh, Wizard of Oz patch in episode six, and like mm -hmm. they all, there's, they have little... Um, connections to the episode it's so cool mm -hmm. so we head over to clance and max who are interviewing <laughs> potential roommates so for clance <laughs> because max is going to be leaving and uh clance obviously needs help with rent and you know just help around the house like this first woman sits down who says she loves cleaning clance is like this isn't a good fair i'm not gonna throw a party every time you pick up a room <laughs> <laughs> and Susanna rightly pointed out she's being really crabby because she doesn't want a roommate. She wants Max, but mm -hmm. crabby. Yeah. Crab. Oh, crabby. Oh, yeah. 27 counts. Count. <laughs> <laughs> 
And this very young girl comes in and she's like, I can't feel old every day. How old are you? 15? <laughs> and I love her quote here. She says, look at the innocence in her eyes. I would snuff that out in a week. I really relate to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even take that long for you. And then the next person comes in. You don't see them at first, but Clance is like, yeah, I think, I think you're the, mm-hmm. the person. This will work. Max is like, no, no, it's this like cute guy. <laughs> She's like, you gotta go. I'm saving your marriage class. Yeah. <laughs> so Max shaves him away. And then sweet boxer rocks Cheryl comes in. <laughs> uh, the girl that called her to ask for her phone number. And she's like, I love to cook and I love to be quiet and I love to watch the leaves fall. <laughs> Clance is not falling for it, but Cheryl brought her a little gift and Clance is just trying to shoo her away, gets Thank her to you. leave. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> she has no patience for Cheryl. I'm surprised Cheryl got an interview in, in this economy. <laughs> After she leaves... Clance opens the gift that she brought her and it's these like tea towels that say Clance and Cheryl on them. She <laughs> made these. I respect Cheryl for this move. Like she mm-hmm. went in there mm-hmm. like ready to get this job, quote unquote. <laughs> this is a good, uh, good interview, I thought. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want her, but Max is like, I'm leaving in two days. You meet someone. And then someone knocks at the door and Clance is like, maybe it's the new Max. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's a big C, (laughs) the little kid, and he just barges into her house and says, hey, old lady. (laughs) (laughs) He wants Max to sign a newspaper, uh, a copy of The Defender, in which there's an article of Max from her big game yesterday. And Mm -hmm. Max and Clint's freak out that she made it in the paper. It's super cute. And Max's outfit is super cute here. As always, Max is looking good. Yeah. And then a sweet dissolve into the next scene. Uh, this, The two, Clance and Max, just wearing their sunglasses and their factory <laughs> outfits. I'm actually doing this. You can't see yeah, me, but like yeah. that Cat is slow swing. motion. <laughs> well, Walk. Yeah, we're good. We're cool. We're awesome. <laughs> They're actually so fine for once. That's right. Yeah, truly fine. <laughs> My best friend's in the paper. <laughs> uh, that is a look. Yeah. Iconic mm-hmm. scene. And then Gracie comes up to them and is just like, I can't wait to see the look on Tony's face when she reads this article. And Clance is like, whoa, how do you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why does Gracie look so good even working at the factory? Like they're all wearing normal coveralls and she's Got this like, super cute light uh-huh. blue outfit. Uh-huh. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she gets the mm-hmm. high femme look even in the factory. Yeah, even in a screw factory. <laughs> keep saying screw. I mean, we just keep saying that. I... <laughs> <laughs> and then her, the coach for the screws comes up to Max. And he's like, okay, you've proved your point. You're good. And too late, man little it's a little too little too late or whatever that (laughs) saying is and then um clance is just like oh she's in the defender and he's like what's the defender Mm -hmm. and he basically offers her a job making less and 
being less than the, the star that she is. And she's like, no, nah, I got something better. See the ya. The offer he gives her is you can pitch a couple practices yeah, yeah, yeah. and we'll see mm-hmm. how it goes. Like, bruh, she's already on a team. <laughs> what kind of pathetic <laughs> offer is that? I mean, would you yeah, rather be yeah. in like a team called the Screws or the All Stars? So yeah, forget it, man. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and then we go to one of my favorite scenes in this whole series mm-hmm. is this is what I was alluding to uh, with Max is fully on the right path. Her mind is clear and she knows exactly what she wants. Mm-hmm. And Carson is the one and having questioning and really struggling. Like you said in the beginning, like she's in her own head. This is what Max had for seven episodes or six episodes, mm-hmm. really, when she kept hearing those voices in her head that were not allowing her to push through and, you know, fulfill her dreams. But I do love that uh, Carson and Max and Carson brought some beers. <laughs> she's like, she <laughs> oh, beers. She beers. <laughs> she's like, that's yeah, sometimes she beers. <laughs> that's such a ridiculous thing to say in 1943. <laughs> Clearly yeah. improvised. I love it. And this is, they're so open and they're just, they're very comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. And Max is just talking about, she's like, I'm so excited about this girl. I can't believe I have my own team. She didn't know that living like this was possible. And it's such a difference from what she said. I don't think there's a world where I fit in or it was like a few episodes ago. I don't remember exactly what she said. And now Carson's like, she doesn't know if it actually is. So mm-hmm. she's bringing the mood down. <laughs> and, and Max notices that she's not, Carson isn't wearing her ring. No, she put her ring back on. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Yes. She yeah. notices that she put her ring back on. So many times we go to this ring. <laughs> and Carson says it. Give us some of was... that Lord of the Rings money, Amazon. Renew season two. <laughs> oh my God, right? We have so many rings. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's the one true ring. The one true I... ring is Carson's wedding ring. <laughs> I hope that if when we get another season, Carson throws that wedding ring into Mordor. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then she says, <laughs> it is done. <laughs> The crossover, no one knew. Oh my God. <laughs> and then the eagle that swoops in and saves her is just Greta. <laughs> oh I hope our listeners have seen Lord of the Rings and know what the fuck I am talking about for the last minute. So. I have, and I'll never get those nine hours of my life back. Oh, oh that's boy. too bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to watch those. I had them on quadruple uh, DVD. And I would watch them just like... I thought you were going to say quadruple speed to get through the nine hours quicker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, such a delight. Okay, forget about Lord of the Rings. Okay, let's... We're back here. (laughs) So Max notices that Carson isn't wearing her ring. Or is... Oh my God, stop. I want her to not be wearing this ring. (laughs) Stop wearing the ring. (laughs) This is fan fiction at this point. This is not a recap. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Carson says that sometimes she wishes she never knew what it felt like to be with Greta because Oof. the end wouldn't hurt like this. Mm. And Susanna just put eternal sunshine alert. And mm-hmm. I, I haven't talked about eternal sunshine 
in my therapist's office many, many times. <laughs> it was literally brought up. Have you ever thought about that? Go, Crystal doesn't, because Crystal doesn't have any regrets for anything. Crystal's perfect. Right. And Crystal leaves people and never say, thinks about them again. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. I was just going to say, everyone has uh, something that they wish they could erase. And then I, yeah, I, I actually don't. I'm fine. <laughs> wow. I'm fine. And she means it. I'm fine. Crystal is fine. Oh, God. But I get the sentiment here <laughs> that mm. you're in so much pain that you wish you just didn't experience it, but you don't realize that experiencing it was worth it was it though i don't know my last (laughs) my last breakup i was just like yeah i do want to just take it all out erase erase the memory it's better that way man crystal doesn't relate so she's just giggling in the background (laughs) crystal doesn't know pain (laughs) not with me I was going to say that Max and Carson don't agree because they cheers to the five. Yeah. Well, Max says she's done thinking about the end. She's like, I don't, you know, Carson's like, you know, the end wouldn't hurt like this. And Max is like, I'm done thinking about the end. The confidence, the confident Max is there. She's, I would rather have five minutes of what this feels like right now than a whole lifetime of before. And Carson's like, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Me too. They just cheers to this, you know, to the five. And I love how many people I've seen on mm-hmm. our timeline get this tattoo to the five. Mm-hmm. It's been it's a, really a very important line to a lot of people, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. That must be amazing as a writer to see that. I don't know, you know, if it yeah. was Will or Abby that wrote that very specific line or, uh, you know, probably a team effort. But to see people get that on their body because it's so mm-hmm. meaningful to them is super cool. Right. And they said, well, first of all, we should note that there's a writing team that is not credited fully in the, so for all the episodes that we've introduced with like written by X, Mm -hmm. there's also a team that punches up. So thank you to them also. Yeah. Um, But secondly, last night at the HRC um, event, Abby and Shante, when they gave their speech, they ended it with that that line the five Mm. minutes of what this feels like yeah it was very special that's awesome i guess we should take away from that even if the show doesn't get a season Mm. two it doesn't make season one any less meaningful Mm -hmm. cheers to that that's the season one Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i love here carson asks very sweetly if she thinks we'll ever see each other again and carson worries and wonders about this even with Greta. So mm-hmm. I love that she has like a, her friend and mm-hmm. her love. And it's, she's worried about that. These are her found, these people are her found family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Better I than hope, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, truly. I hope Max and Shaw see each other again. Like their friendship is so good. Mm-hmm. I, I do hope they get to continue their friendship in some way. It's hard at that time, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hope for the best. Yeah. Before we get to the next scene, Max offers to have a catch. And Carson's <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> and she's like, I was just testing you. <laughs> Playing catch. What a great way to sort of pause, put a pause at the end of the relationship. Not a period, just a pause. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Full circle there. In the Peachers' locker room, Carson summons everyone 
up and Lupe goes, another speech. <laughs> <laughs> the last one left a sour taste in their mouths. Yeah, yeah. Everyone but Greta looks annoyed. And Greta is, for the first time in this little stretch, hopeful that Carson will have something good to say. Perhaps because Carson has her copy of that fateful book, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. And that's when she reads that partial quote of the prayer about being something every minute of my life. Mm -hmm. And Greta is just pleased and cute and proud (laughs) of her girlfriend question mark Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) special lady roommate friend gal pal jess is not with the program and asks where she's going with this one (laughs) and then carson explains the metaphor of the tree in brooklyn that nobody waters and it's just growing out of cement and somehow it still finds a way to grow and then that's the peaches no one thought that they could do this the People, the management care more about their makeup than their skills, but somehow they grew. Mm-hmm. Carson gives them the facts. She's not, this is the opposite of what Charlie would have told them, right? Like, you've already won bullshit. No, she's like, mm-hmm. the blue socks are better than us. And they now have Joe. And then Lupe is just like, why would you say, why would you say that? Why would you <laughs> hit us with reality? Yeah. And just Carson says, saying it out loud takes away some of its power. Them being better does not mean that they get to win. And here is when Greta is fully smiling with pride. And even Jess gives Carson a little friendly smirk, which tough man Jess is hard to persuade. So Mm -hmm. it's a sweet little moment. Carson then reminds them about Dove, who honestly we didn't need to hear from again, but fine. Completely forgot about him. (laughs) He said one thing that was powerful. Yeah, yeah, which is that people would write on the walls of the locker rooms, little prayers to to please give them their moment. And Carson says, this is our moment. And she starts writing on the pole and Terry's horrified, asks if they're allowed. (laughs) And everyone's like, shut up, Terry, shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Good moment for Terry. And Carson is just like, I don't care if we get in trouble. And they should write their names so that whoever plays here next or in 50 years know that they're in our house. Everyone goes up to sign and it's such a tearjerker moment. This episode, I mean, I was in tears through most of it. Yeah. Sweet tears, sad tears, hot kiss tears. But <laughs> Hopeful <laughs> All tears. Kinds. Yeah, yeah. I've seen this series five times. I've watched this. Mm-hmm. And I have, I preemptively, <laughs> I'm ready mm-hmm. when, as soon as I see Carson with that book, like she actually is truly inspiring me. I'm just a person watching a television show and a character mm-hmm. is inspiring me with a speech I've heard five times now. <laughs> so what are you going to do? How are you going to grab this day by the horns? <laughs> are you asking me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm mostly I teasing. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm really going to sit on the couch and watch um, 90 Day Fiance later today. I'm really going to oh. put my all into it. <laughs> this is what Shaw inspired you to do. Yep, yep. <laughs> it is such a good speech, though. It's like like her most triumphant moment as a coach. Like, they're down right now. 
she gave a shitty speech yesterday and morale's <laughs> low, but she pulled it back. I just want to say the, this her last line of her speech. She says, we are peaches and we fight to win, but if we lose, let it be fucking epic. <laughs> yeah. Let them write poems about how we went out. And it's such a great, a great, great speech. She's like, yeah, they're better than us, but even if we lose, we're going to make it awesome. I just wanted to know, who do you think came up with this? Like, I wonder who in the writer's room was like, there's something in A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Like, I, That's a really super specific thing that goes so well with this story, this series, this question. moment. It's got to be well, love to know. Will tweeted about this early on when um, oh, okay. Unhinged fans started asking questions about the book <laughs> and and yeah i it must have been well really okay. neat very cool um, i also want to say abby talked about uh she was on a podcast some podcast recently where she talked about uh taking acting classes um as the as the filming progressed mm-hmm. between sort of the start and the end and i just think her acting in, in this scene she could take these lines and still be the kind of funny Carson that we've seen, mm-hmm. right? Like inspiring and like boot-like <laughs> in that one attempt, right? But this just feels so well acted and and so different from some of some of the ways in which she took You're on right. leadership earlier. Yeah. This mm-hmm. this feels like a really dramatic and really, really well done, like really thoughtful approach to to motivating them and motivating herself. I just, kudos to Abby Jacobson. Yeah, I think that's why I cried for this one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's hard being a comedy actor and then having to uh, get some real emotion. Not everyone can do it. Yeah, yeah. My favorite character remains in the locker room a bit longer than everybody else. Maybe a little less inspired. So Shirley's mad and Carson asks to talk to her. Shirley says she has nothing to say to her. and. The thing with Shirley, you know, she she does it. She 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 trusted Carson, right? So um, as much as we can talk about her internal or not internalized, but plain old homophobia, part of her problem with what went down is that she had confided in Carson. Carson knew how 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 afraid she was of queerness, right? Mm-hmm. And so she did sort of. I can understand that angle of Shirley's frustration with her. Mm-hmm. And Carson says. Shirley is one of the smartest players. She sees everything, but she needs to stop running away from everything she's scared of, whether it be botulism, botulism is real, Carson, <laughs> or the people around her. You'll never find out who you really are, which is a shame because that Shirley, we could really use her right about now. And Shirley again says, you know, she doesn't believe anything Carson says anymore. And Carson's being really mature. And this is actually like her first outside of max her first coming out right right mm-hmm. she goes you're right i am one of them like she says i am one of them mm-hmm. and she's saying i don't know what that means for the rest of my life but at least i'm living my life so you can go tell charlie you can go tell bev i don't care anymore it's up to you and again the writing is so good and the acting is so good it's just so touching mm-hmm. and charlie clearly takes this message to heart Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I just thought of it now that this is probably also part of the reason they lost the last two games. There's 
Shirley's not in the game mm-hmm. here. She's been mm-hmm. upset. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I They show all the names that people wrote on the beam in the mm-hmm. locker room here. And I just wanted to talk about this because we can kind of figure out the names of the unnamed extras by looking at, <laughs> <laughs> by looking at the poll here. Your level because of nerdum is something else. I did. I paused and I analyzed everyone's handwriting. It's on the beam. It says Carson, Lupe, Jess, Greta, Esty, Terry, Anna. And then very clearly Ruth (laughs) Benjamin. One of the girls is Ruth. And then the other three were a little harder to read. Marcy, I think it was. Helen and possibly Darcy. Marcy and Darcy. What the hell? Yeah, I'm not sure. The last one for sure started with a D, but it was written so tiny. And then Maybelle and Shirley also signed it. But so there we have an idea of what our unnamed peaches are. There's a Ruth. There's for sure a Ruth. (laughs) I also like that Shirley went last because she like was not as inspired as everybody else because she's mad at Carson. (laughs) Right. She's like, fine, I'll fucking sign the poll. Back at Clance's house, Max is planning a goodbye dinner with her parents before she hits the road, and she's talking with her dad on the phone and says that they'll be over, and Clance is surprised that Max is going to see Tony before she goes, because Tony still hasn't seen her haircut, doesn't know <laughs> That's the most baseball. important thing. <laughs> <laughs> And Max is like, well, I didn't want to leave a mess behind, but good news, bad news, you're coming with me. (laughs) (laughs) I I have plans in an air raid bunker somewhere. (laughs) Glass is much more afraid of Tony Mm -hmm. than even Max is. Mm -hmm. She knows where she stands with with Miss Tony. She points out, you know, Max asks why she's more nervous than she is and she's like she hasn't seen your hair yet and when she gets mad it's scarier than some of my nightmares which you know are terrifying <laughs> probably grabbing her uh yeah, yeah left yeah. butt cheek or something <laughs> when she has a bad nightmare mm-hmm. <laughs> uh Clance is sitting at uh, her kitchen table drawing throughout this conversation they show some of her drawings as they came into the scene and they're so cool mm-hmm. like they, she's drawing mm-hmm. max in a baseball uniform and i think the other picture was like max super maxima like in a superhero mm. costume it's yeah. so awesome i would love to know where these drawings are and if i could own one that'd be the, mu- cool. the museum of a league of their own yeah opening. i hope they're <laughs> preserved somewhere with that index card with the lips oh yes. the lips gosh they got some good props that people would Pay a premium for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Max asks to see Clance's new comic, and she's a little shy at first, but she shows her, and it's a comic of Max and Clance at the factory. And she says, You know, now that I finished my comic for Guy, there's so many good stories at the factory, and I feel like this is a way for us to continue our adventures together, even though you're going to be gone. And that made me tear um, up. I- That's like really so sweet, isn't it? It is. It's really yeah. cute. The comic is like them breaking into the locker, eating everyone's uh, sandwiches. <laughs> Although, like beyond that, how many more good stories are there to factory <laughs> when you think about it? I'm sure there's what lots. That we just do? haven't seen them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are people losing limbs around here? I can't afford that. <laughs> okay, I guess those could be stories. Max suggests that she sends it into the Defender because it's way better than their comics. And Mm -hmm. after a little bit of coaxing, she 
Clarence takes the compliment. It's really cute. Finally. Because you know, she's mm-hmm. always covering them up or just like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to show you. It's not done yet. Mm-hmm. And my thought here was, I love how everyone in this show, even Clance, is literally and figuratively writing their own story. Yeah. So even for Clance, she's, she's like, I don't know what my story is with Max right now, so I guess I'll just create one. <laughs> yeah. Aww, which is so yeah, sweet. Totally. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, here we are. We're at <laughs> Peaches versus Blue Sox. It's, it's, it's happening. Peaches are coming in, fired up. I want to see that mm-hmm. fire in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they got it. They got Carson's fire. And it's just very lively. Vivienne is in the crowd, which we see her again. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the peaches are clearly loved. Everyone's got their little banners and their signs. Yeah. And I noticed that the crowd is filled with women. There's, I mean, there's men there too, but mm-hmm. lots of women are here watching this game. And I think it's really interesting because the intention of the league originally was to sell this to men, make them beautiful, right. make them, you know, Short men skirts. who like uh, MLB. We want them watching this now. But mm-hmm. wow, shocking to everyone except women and queer people. We like sports too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you cater to us even just a tiny bit, we will show up in droves. Mm-hmm. So we get Greta. She's up first. Well, maybe not up first, but she does her little wave to the crowd. She's <laughs> She's got that sort of uh, flirty crowd confidence back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Watch this, boys. I mean, she should be like, watch this, ladies, <laughs> because we all are. <laughs> Susanna is boys. That's what Susanna's <laughs> note is here. I am boys. <laughs> I am watching. I am boys. The full note says in all caps, how is she so hot at all times? I am watching. I am boys. <laughs> <laughs> so this is important. Greta gets a hit. She's mm-hmm. on second base. And this is important because I love this. I have so mm-hmm. many people love this moment. Mm-hmm. She's like, just got her legs open. She's like, yeah, she's got her legs open. I just got to change that or let's just keep it. <laughs> she's oh, no. in a great stance. <laughs> What's going on at this baseball game? <laughs> Greta has her legs open and it says, bring me home, Shaw. So oh, it still gosh. works. Is that what second base is? <laughs> Crystal finally learns what the different bases yes. mean. It's not right. Oh my goodness. This podcast is really tying up all kinds of loose ends today. Yeah. Carson has that look on her face like, yeah, that's my girl. Mm-hmm. I gotta get I gotta get my girl home. Yeah, it's so good. And Greta slides, she gets Carson gets the hit, Greta slides into third and gives a look at Joe. And again, Susanna doesn't understand why this is personal. <laughs> and it's personal because that is sports. Sports is physical and mental, Susanna. <laughs> that yeah, was my it's Joe note and Greta. I don't understand. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Thanks for explaining sports to me. You're <laughs> welcome. Episode eight of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I explained it in you got to have your legs open and yes. bring them home. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Sign me up. Can I join the league somewhere? I think Joe and Greta, there's a little rivalry there now. They were a team for so long, and now they are on opposite teams, literally. Yeah. So they win this game. That's going on to game five. And win game three and game four. Charlie's gone. 
the good luck is there. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like this little moment where Greta is signing, um, you know, some programs, baseballs, and shows off her her cherry, her bruise, her strawberry. What is it called? Strawberry cherry. What do you call the bruise? Wait, we're showing off cherries now. What's, what's this turned into? <laughs> And Vivian approaches Greta and she says so many strange little like mm -hmm. thinly, not so mm -hmm. thinly veiled things. Mm. And I still didn't get it. I'm dead. Okay. <laughs> Vivian well, asks for, okay. No, are you saying that, <laughs> are you saying that she is revealing that she is queer? I don't know that it's entirely Obvious. No, I don't think, I don't know what she's trying to, mm -hmm. I don't know what all the implications are here, but the gist of it is that she wants Greta to work for her. If only getting a job were this easy, just, <laughs> just slide into third. <laughs> mm -hmm. She offers her this job and Greta's like, are you serious? And she's like, yep. Yeah. Oh. So like, what are, what are Greta's? qualifications can we look at our resume <laughs> her qualifications are she's too much and that's what vivian wants right, right. <laughs> so i guess california's out joe's not going to california and now greta's not going to california mm -hmm. what, what do you think this job is it's off season only <laughs> and, and it has no qualifications i don't know answering her phone i guess at her company mm. i have no idea i hadn't considered it doesn't matter it all that matters is that greta like fondles this business card vivian mm. gives her in like a very pleasing way <laughs> greta <laughs> hands, hands alert hands again. <laughs> so yeah she's got a job because she's too much you're right at tony's house clans is once again losing her shit max even max <laughs> who should be more stressed out asks her to chill and Clans is trying to come up with a code word like red rabbit or blue bald buffalo <laughs> in case things get bad and they need to escape. Amazing. Edgar calls Clans to help Tony in the kitchen. She's terrified of walking in there. She's like, is she, is she smiling? <laughs> is she in there alone? alone? <laughs> Me? Me with her alone? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. And Edgar approaches Max. And he's excited about what's next in her career. Calls her a star. And Max was like, it felt like you didn't believe in me an mm. anymore. And Edgar says this really important line. I've always believed in you. It's just hard for us to always believe in the world. Mm -hmm. Just really good writing throughout, right? I mean, that's what Greta said too. It's hard, you know, the world has kind of treated people like us. Right. Not the best. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, very different, but <laughs> still not on a level playing field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, just the realities of, of, of being black at this time, mm -hmm. you know, both Tony and Edgar are doing their best. And even Edgar with his enthusiasm and support of Max is still like, well, I couldn't fully give you that reassurance because I know what the world is. And it's just mm -hmm. devastating. Clance is bringing out way too much food for four people, but I support them. 
I want to mm-hmm. come over. Everything looked so right. yummy again. <laughs> it really did. Yeah. Was it mac and cheese and bread? Is that what it was? Just like carbon carb? Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. But then and she brought a, a main dish meat. too. Yeah. Like yeah. pork chops or steak or something. I couldn't, well, could, I couldn't tell. <laughs> Tony finally comes out. And also it's weird that they don't like say hello when the girls first arrived. <laughs> Tony had not seen them up until right. this moment when she's out there with her pork chops. <laughs> so she's she notices her hair obviously and Clance is just like buffalo 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 <laughs> shockingly tony says it looks good i don't know if she thought that or just being polite but i think she was just trying trying yeah. to be supportive i mean it looks good it does, it does look good they say grace and Clance is again chattering nervously repeat grace 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 <laughs> tony like tony with one word calms her down or yeah intimidates her Scares enough to her. stop yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this next bit is just them chatting we sort of cut to the middle of the dinner and tony is talking about how lynn's sister disease louise comes into the salon <laughs> with no appointment and they all mime the terrible smell that she supposedly brings with her and I and I say in the notes, I need to see a spin-off on Disease Louise now. I want to know so much more. Yeah, I need more information. <laughs> it's such a funny, like completely irrelevant storyline, but I'm so interested. Why How do you know they know. didn't they didn't pitch this? How do you know it wasn't a seed planted for Disease <laughs> right? Louise? The Maybe. spin-off, like Better Call Saul from Breaking Bad. <laughs> right? <laughs> better smell louise (laughs) oh boy tony says that she claims to have gotten healed in the colorado river and max brings up max is trying to integrate her story and what's going to happen in her life into this conversation is like well you know red said we're going to be out west so i'll definitely be visiting the healing waters of colorado river and tony changed the subject uh changes the subject Mm -hmm. then Clan says that she got a letter from Guy that was only half redacted, so she thinks that maybe he's not in Italy because he says it's cold, therefore he might not be where the worst fighting is currently happening. <laughs> and that girl's like, well, he's going to come back having seen the world. And again, Max tries to bring the attention to her and says, well, I'm going to travel from Canada to Mexico and see a lot of the states. She asks Tony if, if Tony saw her article in The Defender, and Tony walks away to get started mm-hmm. on dessert. Come on, Mom. Right. Edgar tells Clans that they should leave. And Clans is like, I know, that's what I've been saying. <laughs> <laughs> he says he was joking. It's gonna be fine. Edgar's a little prankster. Right? He made <laughs> yeah. he made Guy carry that egg and now yeah. he's like leaning into Clans's <laughs> spinning out. He stirs the pot. Mm-hmm. He does. He's such yeah. a dad. So in the kitchen, Max tells Tony that she can't keep ignoring what's happening. And then Tony is like, I have to show you something. You know about your dad's family here in Rockford, but you never got to learn about my side. And she is handing her letters and photographs from her mom, who was writing to her grandma back in Florida as as her mom was making her way up in 1906. She says they were running from nothing to nothing. 
and Tony wants Max to read them. And I looked into, I was like, was there some big, I mean, all of uh, early 20th century, we talked about this, is referred to as the great migration when, when black people mm -hmm. were fleeing poverty and violence of the South and coming up North to these industrial cities. But I was trying to figure out, is it like a particular historical event in Florida that they're fleeing? I couldn't find anything specific, but mm -hmm. but the historian was like trying to pause and look at the pictures. And, <laughs> and let, I would love to read those letters. I want to read, Max won't read the letters. Give them to me. <laughs> they posted Greta's letter, so let's see right, Tony's right. Uh, family letters. Max is not interested. She's just like, why are you not happy for me? And then Tony reveals that ever since Max was a little girl, she's known that, she doesn't say it, put it in those words, but she's known that Max was queer mm -hmm. and, and that she would never have a husband. That's, that's how she puts it. And that's why she explains she's been trying to give her a way to live with a salon, some power in this life, because women without men aren't protected, especially black women. Mm -hmm. And then she blames herself for letting Max think that the world was a good place, back to what Edgar was saying, because that's what she wanted it to be for her, but yeah, it's not. And that's why she wants... Max, to read the letters to really understand the brutality of the world for black people. And it's heartbreaking because you can see it in Max's eyes. They're just not connecting. They're not hearing each other. Mm -hmm. And I want to, you know, it's easy to sort of, I think on my first viewing, I was like, Tony really failed Max. But on the fourth or fifth, right, you really mm -hmm. see the pain mm -hmm. and the... Yeah, she just wants the best for her kid, and she's terrified. She's also for not her. wrong. She, they're neither of them are wrong here. Yeah, you know, yeah. she is trying to do what's best for her kid, and this is how she thinks to do it. And it's not her fault that it, that it's not the path Max wants to take. So she's given her this path, um, but sometimes your kids don't take the path that you want them to, and you have to accept that. Mm -hmm. My coming out when my mom, who loves me very much loved me very much I was just like okay well this is not going to be easy for you like I just mm -hmm. it's just going to be more difficult for you and I don't want that for you and that's where um Tony is coming from but yeah you're I don't know how old Max is supposed to be here but at some point you just got to live your life mm -hmm. and figure out how the world is on your own mm -hmm. It's yeah. okay to be armed with some knowledge, but also you need, again, you need to figure out your own path. Mm -hmm. And parents do need to let their children do that. You can lay all the foundation you want, but at the end of the day, you, you have to let a person march to their own drumbeat a little mm -hmm. bit. I say this in this next scene coming up, but I'll just say it here since we're on this topic. When Max tells Bert that, like, I really thought she was going to get it, Mm -hmm. that line was really meaningful to me because when I told my mom and I was 25 and I really thought she was going to get it and she had the mm -hmm. like the most devastating <laughs> not the most devastating but it was hard yeah. she really didn't and then her fear was much like Tony I'm not black so like none of this is nearly the level of 1940s mm -hmm. queerness of color at all um, but she said are you going to drop out of school and you're, are you going to start doing drugs? I was like, what? <laughs> oh, like that's what <laughs> that's your mom thought. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Gosh. she was like, I thought America was going to be good for you, but like it really like profoundly, now I don't like it at all. Right. Like she just had all these, 
the worst things in the world to well, say. Well, she's not wrong about that. <laughs> America's not good for most people. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, I just want to validate, you know, and when we're 12 years in from my coming out and she's met you guys, she's met, mm-hmm. you know, like she's still not own. fully, it's just not celebrating it. She hasn't told yeah. anybody in her life, but she sees that this is okay. <laughs> Mm. you're not dropping out of school and doing drugs no i went on to get more school <laughs> god damn it <laughs> That's right. uh, well i guess since we're sharing i'll just really quickly my coming out story to my parents was very much like cats like they didn't get it they didn't have the worst reaction but i do specifically remember my mom saying you're gonna have a really hard life like mm. yeah again parents just wanting the best for you and kind of not understanding the path you're going on so it's tough. And you it's have a great everyone. life now, right? I do have a great life now. And my parents love Kat and are super cool now. So mm-hmm. they learned too. Mm-hmm. So we are in a groove and talking a lot and we want to get everything in. We don't want to skimp, especially last episode. So please join us for the second part of episode eight.